your hour of drive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of drive time. Welcome those of you that are visiting the show for the very first time today. It is my honor to put on today a fantastic broadcast because you have decided to join us today for this particular show. So thank you for joining us, carving out the time to do that. You're going to ask yourself, as I always say on every program, as many of you often say to me once we connect after the show of that show being your very first hearing, you agree. Where has Jay Mamie and this show been my whole life? Well, you don't have to worry about that any longer because now you are officially the Jay Mamie Talk Show family. So I want to encourage you to continue to come back and check out this program every Sunday we broadcast here live on KLIF or you can listen to us live on the radio at KLIF.com. For those of you that are abroad, you can certainly find our program. And for those who continue to follow this program and support and share and post regarding this program and the impact it's had in your life, I want to thank you for continuing to provide that encouragement, that support. It is because of you. The show is at the tops of where it currently is right now because your support is responsible for others listening to this program and continuing to expand this message. Today's show is going to be no different. I get excited I mean, I get excited every week, (laughs) but there's times that my excitement level goes to the next level. I mean, it ratchets up another notch because of the guests that I know uh, are coming on the program and the quality and the content of information and insight and perspective that they're uh, they're going to deliver for you. And rightly so. If you invest your time and energy into something where you really could be doing anything else, right? There's anything else you could be doing. I'm sure there's no shortage of things you could be doing for an hour of your time other than spend it here with me on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. But you've decided to do that. And as, as, as really my responsibility is to deliver the goods. Today's show is going to deliver the goods. My two spectacular guests are going to not only pour into you amazing wisdom and content, but it's going to help you walk away with actionable, implementable takeaways, knowledge bombs, that you're going to be able to implement in your life immediately if you care to improve your situation, whether it's in your business, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, whatever area you seek to improve and thrive upon, our two guests today are going to deliver. And let me share with you my very first guest, my featured guest. This is his third time on the Jay Mamie Talk Show, and that's because he continues to deliver the goods every single time that he's been on this program. And when I say he's been on this program before, those of you who might be wondering, where do I find the content, Jay? Where do I go back and listen to the library of of uh, episodes and, and the archives of rebroadcast, where do I go? Well, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast platform, the Jay Mamie Talk Show. You'll have a chance to go on there and binge here all of our prior episodes to your heart's delight. And if that doesn't cause you, motivate you, inspire you, intrigue you to change, then my friends, I don't know what will. Because we've got almost three years of life-changing, impacting, influential content from some of the best voices and thought leaders in the world that have been on this program. And one of them is Chris Felton. Chris Felton is not only a best-selling author, he's also a keynote speaker, speaks all over the place with impact. He's a financial services entrepreneur. He runs, uh, runs one of the most prolific financial services agencies in the country, always recognized for that effort, but he is also passionate about changing the lives of people, and he's expressing that through his latest book, which we're going to have a chance to chat with him about in just a few minutes. So buckle up, because Chris Felton returns to the program to continue to drop more knowledge bombs. But on the heels of Chris, we're also going to hear from another life changer, an impactor, someone who I think was born with a purpose to change the lives of others significantly in many areas. And he is not only joining us today, but he's got a special event coming up. Ben Spangle is a high-performance mindset 
and leadership coach. He's also the hit podcast host of his own podcast, which is a very popular podcast heard by thousands every week. The Pursuit Podcast is a great podcast. He's going to share with us today how to extract the best, the very best from people if you are in a leadership position. So we've got a bang-up show. We've got a one-two punch today, my friends. We've got a one-two punch, and I'm excited to bring that to you shortly. But before we dive into our first break and bring on Chris Felton, I want you to know that the Thrive Talk section of my program has become so popular, even though it's only a few minutes, but it's become so popular. And the only way that I know that is because I continue to receive text messages and emails and Facebook messages and LinkedIn messages. On all of my platforms, I get messages and feedback and commentary sometimes a week or two weeks later after the broadcast airs. And people continue to say to me how much that two, three-minute Thrive Talk impacted them at the moment. It's almost as if, as they say, I have spoken to them directly. Somehow I knew they were listening and that Thrive Talk message, which sometimes it hits you right between the eyes, folks. We don't sugarcoat anything on this program. If I've got to say it, I say it. I get nasty. I get raw. If I've got to say it, I've got to say it. But it's because it, if it's sometimes too sweet, it won't help you. If it's sour, it won't help you. Sometimes it needs a combination of both so that you could find what inspires you to change, to take the right action so that you could thrive. So the Thrive Talk has become very popular. And in this next Thrive Talk, Thrive Talk segment, I want you to know that I'm, uh, I've got a pet peeve. That's right. I'm going to share with you. I've got a pet peeve that many of you are rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> and I think that you have, when I say you rub me the wrong way, I mean there's certain traits and characteristics that you exhibit to your own detriment I consider them toxic traits. And one of the things that I know for a fact and being in a and as an entrepreneur and really as I've mentioned in the prior programs, working with people my entire life, ever since I was 13 years old, all I've ever done is work with people to one extent or another. I've always worked with people and I can I can tell you that I've put my finger on the pulse. I've, I've got it down that I understand why people fail and, and their reasons why people fail. And one of them why they fail is because they can't seem to get out of their own way. Let me share with you what I think is important and why I call this a pet peeve. A few years ago, I had a conversation with someone who's a dear friend of mine who's a business giant, but he's, a, oh, he's up there. He's up in his 80s, uh, but he's still he's going. He's, he's fired up and he's gone. But in his 80s, he told me, Jay, you know, we live in a very different time. We live in a time when uh, a person's word no longer means anything. He mentioned that uh, he's gone on to share that 40, 50 years ago when he was in business in his 50s and the 60s, uh, in those in that era, a words, uh, a man's handshake was his bond. If he said what he was going to do, he would do it. He would stick to it. Well, today, it's rare that someone gives you their word or shakes your hand and they mean it. They're going to stick to it. They're committed to it at all. I mean, sometimes you've got to continue to remind people on the commitments they've made, and that for them becomes a detriment not only to the progress they can experience, but also to the credibility they're going to find themselves lacking because their word no longer stands for anything. So let me share with you today, how do you become different in today's world? And in the prior years in history, keeping your word was nothing considered to be different, right? But today, isn't it odd that we consider what I consider being different is just keeping your word. If you say that you're going to do something, then stick to it. If you made a promise to someone that you're going to show up somewhere, that you're going to deliver the goods, that you're going to help them or inspire them or be there for them or encourage them, if you've come alongside them, then keep your word. You should not be continuously reminded of the promise you made. You should not be continuously reminded of the commitment that you gave. I think today, if you want to be different, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, folks, in today's world, to be different means to keep your word. Means if you say that you're going to do something, then do it. That's just 
proper old school mannerism. That's just etiquette. You will find that you will separate yourself from the pack. You will distance yourself from the competition. People will see you differently just because you are the few that have said what you were going to do and you did what you said you were going to. You kept your word. You were committed to and and you honored your promise and you were committed to your commitment. You do that today, my friends, and you will find yourself different and you will stand out. And most importantly, you will be memorable. Folks, we're rocking already. It's a fantastic show. Coming up after the break, Chris Felton, we're launching your Thrive Time. Planning a vacation should be a blast and not a pain in the ass. Let Evolution Travel by Mary Margaret Denson take the stress out of deciding where to go, where to stay, and what to do while you're there. They will customize your trip to fit your style, personality, and budget. Evolution Travel is your one-stop travel shop. The best trips start with preparation and awareness and end with exhilaration and a lifetime of memories. Evolution Travel by Mary Margaret Denson. Online at myevoagent.com slash marymd. Denson. Visions Productions International brings you the legendary Christian rock band David and the Giants performing March 4th at 7 p.m. at the Manitech Auditorium in Flower Mound. Join them for an enjoyable and inspiring evening with David and the Giants. Tickets on sale now at bringitontour.org. All proceeds to benefit the David and the Giants Mission Fund. David and the Giants, live at Manatech Auditorium, March 4th. Get tickets today at bringitontour.org. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I mentioned in the opener how excited I was about having Chris Felton, a returning guest, back on the show to chat about his new book, but more than that, I, just to reiterate, Chris Felton is not only one of the most recognized financial services entrepreneur in the country for decades now, runs a huge organization, helps change the lives of many in the arena of, of financial literacy, but again, is a best-selling author. He's a keynote speaker. Uh, he is probably one of the guys who's most sought after at conventions for his, uh, his insight and his wisdom on stage. But today we're going to chat with Chris about his brand new book that just hit the streets. I've read the book. It's a fantastic book. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you are looking for writing that's authentic and raw and real, which is what I appreciate about Chris's writing style in his book, Think and Grow You, uh, then you'll appreciate this book. Chris Felton, welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay, my friend, it's awesome to be with you. Thanks for having me. Brother, I got to tell you something. You have just broken the record for being the most frequent guest on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. No one else has been on the show three times, my man. No one else. So kudos to you for good reason, too. Well, thanks, man. I think you were desperate in the early days. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. But listen, not not even Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly has been on the show one time. You got him beat. That's good, man. Well, I appreciate it. I always appreciate you, man. You're a world-class human you are. Thank so. you. Thank you. Speaking of world-class, I want to spend time speaking about a number of things. And, you know, I think our two segments here are going to be just trailer versions of the wisdom that can be imparted on, on this program today. But your book, Think and Grow Rich, just became available for pre-sale now uh, in February. And for those of you who are listening to this rebroadcast weeks down the road, the book is probably already going to be a bestseller by the time you listen to this uh, broadcast. But I had a chance to read your book. And one of the things that I'll, I'll share with the audience is there's... Rarely are there books written where the author gets so raw and real with their personal story that pride goes out the window. Um, rather, pride doesn't go out the window when it should because they hold back, right? They want to have this glamorous appeal. You didn't do that. You threw pride out the window and you got raw and real with the situations in your personal life that has have shaped you to be the person you are today, the impactor, influencer that you are today. Let me ask you, why did you decide to take that approach when you wrote this book, knowing that you would just you were gonna let the whole world know in on your story, brother? Yeah, I mean I I don't know. You you've heard me speak about Jay. I mean it's it's really uh it's the only way I know how to teach. I mean that's pretty much been my formula for you know, since 2008, when we kind of had our, our turnaround, our breakthrough, and I just thought it was more powerful to share my dirty laundry and um, 
give people hope that they can do it too. And that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, how I wrote the book and, you know, Hey, here's, here's how jacked up things were. Here's what I did to change it. And then here's what happened in our life. And so that's, uh, that's kind of the formula. I, I, I guess I don't know how to do it. Do it. <laughs> Cause you know, you and I, I think get frustrated when people stand on the pulpit and the, the platform and talk about how great things are. And that's just, I don't know, man, that's not real. So I just wanted to be as real as I could to uh, help as many people get unstuck as possible. Well, I think that style, that, that type of uh, type of writing in today's uh, literary works is the best. And uh, I think as people go out and buy your book, they're going to realize that, hey, there's no fluff here. This is not a motivational style book. I mean, it does inspire, but it inspires from a different, uh, from a different dimension and uh, in a very different way from most of these uh, fluffy motivational books that are out there. But you're a busy guy. You've got a lot going on, man. You run a major financial services company. You also have your other project, Couples Money, um, where you and your wife, Marlo, are also in the trenches of helping uh, couples figure the whole money game out. You've got a lot going on. What inspired you to say, you know what, I'm going to write another bestseller. Let's let's walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I wrote the book, man, is I've I been an entrepreneur for over 24 years now. I know what it's like to be scared, worried, uh, to live in, you know, fear, doubt, and worry. Um, I know what it's like to be stuck. I don't know if you've ever felt stuck before, Jay, but mm-hmm. I mean... I, I know what it's like to be stuck, and, and I know like I know what it feels like um, to coach people, and you and I coach a lot of people, uh, where they get so stuck that they feel that quitting on their goals, dreams, and aspirations is the only way. Um, and I was really, really cl- close to doing that very thing. I was really close to quitting, um, but I didn't. And I called it a hand of God moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I just realized that I had to change um, me trying to manipulate the outside world while I insisted on remaining the same, that, that pattern didn't work too well. That was very exhausting. So, you know, I, I humbled down. I, I you know, put, implemented humility, went all in on my personal growth and development. And so, you know, I invested uh, tens of thousands of dollars, thousands of hours into uh, growing and developing me. And basically, you know, I'm sharing my dirty laundry and all the all the all the good and the bad and all the you know so-called secrets that you know transform my life. I think you know we're three years you know out of this crazy pandemic and this world that we're in, and I just think people are more stuck than ever. And I want to do my part to make an impact and help them get unstuck and get them on the path to uh, the life that they deserve to live. That's why I wrote it. Well, I'm glad that you did. You just said something that I thought was was right on point. You invested thousands and thousands of dollars. In improving you. Now, you just, based on your, your book and your story, it took you a while to come to the sobering realization that you are the common denominator of all of your problems, right? Um, and those are your words. Uh, yep. You had to go out and invest thousands of dollars in your life improvement in order to improve your resume. Why do you think that there are so many that even as they hear this broadcast, and their life sucks. They're broke, busted, and disgusted. And But yet they won't even invest the dollars to buy a book, go to a workshop. We're not talking thousands of dollars, a few hundred dollars to improve their situation, yet they still hem and haw about doing that. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, our, our ego is uh, not our amigo, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's in it's – in, command. Um, and if you're not aware of how you think and how you get stuck, then what happens is uh, our ego's number one job outside of, uh, you know, me driving down Interstate 25 and telling me that a semi's coming over into my lane. Um, outside of that, my ego's number one job is to just keep me stuck and comfortable. And so I, I can I can identify with that because um you know, one of my favorite quotes is, and it's in the book from author Jeff Shore, is a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. Mm-hmm. And so, so what happens is we, our brain, our ego wants us to stay stuck. It wants us to stay, you know, with the familiar, even though the familiar is dysfunctional. And that's where I was, Jay. I was stuck. I was 
I was in a dysfunctional situation. I was I was becoming comfortable with debt. I was becoming comfortable with delusion. I was becoming comfortable with losing. And your ego keeps you, you know, keeps you stuck there. And so to to overcome that, the ego is going to tell you that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. Let's just stay in this dysfunctional bubble of our thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Because at least we're familiar with that, you know, and let's just stay in here with our, our, uh, you know, our comfort of, you know, our cell phones of weapons of mass distraction that we have (laughs) and let's, let's, and let's distract ourselves. And so it's just, it's just our ego saying, Hey, just stay right in your comfortable bubble of function because at least you know that. We don't know what's on the outside, and that could be scary, and that could hurt. So let's not do that. Let's not invest. Let's not get after it. Let's not grow and develop. But unfortunately, that's a that's a pretty that ends pretty badly, as you know, Jay. It does. And you know, one of the things that you write about in your book is to trust yourself, right? And I think if you rely too much on ego, then you rely less on your own intuition. You rely less on your own ability to to trust at what you're doing. How did you in your life? find that trusting yourself paid off more than the alternative? Well, I just, you know, I, my, my back was against the wall, Jay. I, I, what, what got me to change was I made the connection with the prices that other people were paying. And my dysfunction, right? And, mm-hmm. and people are like, well, I don't want to grow. I don't want to develop. My, my dysfunction and the way I was showing up was greatly impacting my marriage, it created my first divorce. My kids are on the other side of the country. They didn't know where their dad was. It created a lot of debt. It created so, uh, as my coach used to say, Jay, based on results, how's my way working, right? Mm-hmm. Based on right. results, how how how's my way Great working? Great question. Yeah, phenomenal question. I used to hate that question, mm-hmm. but it, it was the the one that snapped me out of my dysfunctional thinking, and so I had to start. You know, because in the book, there's a whole section on how, on shifting, and and one of the shifts I had to make was I had to I had to trust myself, and one of the things I had to do was I had to keep my word to myself, and I had to understand that I had to I had to, you know, move forward and take different actions and think differently and trust that as I moved forward, everything would would you know unveil itself to me. Versus, you know me, I'm a recovered CPA, right? Me mm-hmm. sitting back, you know, trying to map it all out, that wasn't working. So trusting is really the triggering point. Trusting myself, trusting others was the triggering point that, you know, made a lot of my dreams come true and absolutely necessary. You know, I think when you don't trust yourself, uh, which is a flaw, um, it creates what, what I call the character toxic trait of indecision. You speak about that in in, uh, in your book. In our final minute here, we're going to pick it up after the break. You as a, as a leader of thousands of people, you had to work on yourself first before you could really be the leader that your team needed. In this area of indecision, um, which again stems from lack of trust in yourself, uh, where do you find uh, that that becomes the crux of failure for people when they are stuck in this place of indecision, chronic indecision? Um, I mean, as you said, I mean, they, they don't trust themselves and they hesitate because people don't procrastinate, Jay, they hesitate. Mm-hmm. So well what said. happens is, it, yep. it, yeah, I mean, basically, Jay, what happens is, you know, overthinking always masks fear. Mm-hmm. That's it. So they need to learn to be decisive, make decisions quickly, because you can always course correct after you make an incorrect decision. That's right. That's right. The only, the only way you're going to get clarity in life is you got to move forward. You know, Chris, one of the questions I'll ask when we come back, and there's so many solid points in your book that really, I, it, it's, it should be like the quote unquote, the Bible for every person who wants to take a hard look at themselves. Because one of the things that you recognize in yourself was that you were hard on yourself and you you highlighted the flaws a lot more than you acknowledged the accomplishments. And that's a trap that, that a lot of us can fall into. When we come back after the break, I want you to shed light on that. How acknowledging yourself, which you write about in the book, um, is a major component, is critical to a person's success and the ability to thrive and to grow them. We'll pick that question up after the break. 
Join us on March 27th at noon to celebrate National Single Parent Day with the Life Changer Celebrity Golf Tournament, benefiting single parent advocate at Hackberry Creek Golf Course. This is more than just an ordinary golf tournament. It's about bringing the single parent community together and making sure that every family has access to resources and support. Proceeds will go towards assisting North Texas single moms, dads, and their children. To play, sponsor, or volunteer, sign up at singleparentadvocate.org events. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a phenomenal, in-depth conversation with Chris Felton about his new book. Chris, we left off talking about how many of us fall into the same trap, or not even a trap, uh, a a lifestyle, a habit, uh, a chronic toxic habit of acknowledging the flaws way more than we acknowledge uh, the victories and acknowledge what we do right. How did that impact you early on? And, and what can you shed in terms of, of wisdom to those that may be struggling with the same thing? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, you know, I talk about there's a, there's a chapter in the book on judgment. And uh, Shirzad Shamin from the book Positive Intelligence says, judgment is public enemy number one, right? Mm-hmm. And judgment of others, but judgment of ourselves is the number one form of self-sabotage. And, you know, you and I are similar age, Jay, and we were told, you know, to always focus on our flaws and, you know, be hard. You know, my parents and teachers were hard on me to prepare me and all that. So what happens is we're just constantly, you know, focused on what's wrong. And as you know, what we focus on expands and, it's it's a massive energy leak, and as you know, Jay, it takes it takes energy to make your dream life happen. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, based on results, how was that working for me? <laughs> right, not very good, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got with a coach, and he said, you know, dude, at the end of the day, like, you know, focus on what worked, and focused on the wins, and focused on the stuff that's working in your life. And it's not about being delusional, not working on the problems and the challenges that come, but you have more energy when you do that. And so, you know, when I got in the habit of acknowledging myself and acknowledging others and celebrating small wins, I mean, that was the fuel for the gas tank in my vehicle that got me moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I think that's a, a, a very important part of it. Otherwise, <laughs> If you're waiting to celebrate when you hit it, you know, man, dude, that's no way to live. And one of my quotes, I think I use it multiple times in the book, there's no happy ending to an unhappy journey. Mm, that's right. That's right, brother. I And that was one of my favorite quotes in the book. But there's an area that you discuss that I find myself, I found myself as I was reading this area, oh, Chris, that I said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm good at this discipline but I need to get better. And as a result of reading that chapter, I'm much more mindful of staying emotionally neutral. And I thought to myself, this is brilliant. When you share how to redirect your thoughts from doomsday thinking to stay emotionally neutral, how critical is that to have any degree of success to develop that discipline? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's a, it's a world-class thinker's skill it's called metacognition and it's the capacity to think about what we think about and for me if i don't feel good and usually i feel it right in my chest mm-hmm. right but i feel it right in my chest and for me that means my heart shuts down and i start spinning stories and so when i start spinning stories which that means i'm in judgment um i'm going down a rabbit hole So for me, and a lot of what we talk about in the book is really exercises to practice this metacognition or simply 
you know, to think about what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And, and so a question that I often use is, what am I focused on? What am I thinking? And what must that be creating? And that, that usually snaps me out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a constant question I ask several times a day. And once again, my, my indicator is, man, I'm not feeling good. Right. What does that mean? Right. I got a, I got a nasty thought. I need to redirect. Now I go to scriptures back in the day, you know, I'll go to an affirmation, but scripture affirmation, something to interrupt the pattern. You don't go down the rabbit hole of uh, negative thinking. You know, and speaking about fat, sometimes part of the negative thinking, it, it stems from, or the root of it is what you talk about in your book, which is the mind, uh, mind the gap. I, I love that component of the book because it, it shared how even in your life, your relationships, uh, not only from a, uh, a marital standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint, and I can relate to all of this, it, they fail or they didn't uh, perform at, at the level that you would have uh, wanted to, that, to make you happy because of the expectation gap. One of my talks that I gave a few months ago, I talked about the canyon. And the canyon is that huge, is the end game of what starts off as a crack in your relationship because either expectations aren't being met or some other things are happening and unchecked that canyon becomes uh, that that crack becomes a gap and the gap when fully exploited becomes the grand canyon and it's over in your experience from what you write about in your book how important is to manage that expectation gap as a leader as a husband as a father and so on well it's crucial because you know it it my first marriage didn't have a chance. And the reason is because we had a gap in expectations and all relationships fail because of a gap in expectations, right? Mm -hmm. She had hers. I had mine. Most of mine were the worst kind unspoken expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I hated conflict. So I never told her. And then she didn't know because she wasn't a mind reader. And then I spent time resenting her because she wasn't doing the things I wanted her to do, but she didn't have a chance because I never told her. So, you know, and basically I woke up to it because I had world-class coaching because, you know, I wanted Marlo to be a certain way with my kids and she wasn't interested and my kids could care less, um, you know, as, as stepmom and stepkids. And so I was searching for ways when they were little kids on a trip, to come see me from Atlanta. I'm in Colorado. And my coach said, dude, relax, chill out, quit forcing an expectation that doesn't need to be forced. And you you have a gap. You want her to be that way. She doesn't know that you want that. So meet up, have a conversation, meet in the middle and move on. And that's what we did. She's like, I'm not interested in being their second mom. And they don't care for that. Right. That's right. And so it wasn't necessary. What I wanted wasn't even necessary. And they have a great relationship, but it's not what I wanted. And I would have created needless suffering if we wouldn't have closed the gap between what I was expecting and what she wanted. And we did it. We moved on. It was never a problem. So I always recommend <laughs> if someone's not living up to your expectations, you know, do they even know it? Mm-hmm. So meet with them and close the gap. Hey, from a leadership standpoint, we have a lot of uh, listeners in our program that are CEOs, they're directors, they're hiring managers, and they oversee a tremendous amount of, of, of people in their own respective uh, organizations and companies. How critical, from a leadership standpoint, is it to identify uh, when there's an expectation gap and, and how can that discourage those in your organization from even sticking around because that gap is so wide and broad and misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's massive um, to, you know, and, and I lead a volunteer army of a couple hundred agents, right? Mm-hmm. And and I I have to more often than not reach out and have conversations and get curious and ask questions and really, you know, dig in to what people need. You know, what are they expecting of me? You know, where am I potentially falling short? And so what happens is when there's a gap in expectations, uh, usually there's resentment behind it. 
And because there's resentment behind it and because we're addicted to being comfortable as humans, we don't want to do uncomfortable things, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to have uncomfortable conversations. But as you know, Jay, as you just said, that canyon happens, right? And I've watched a lot of relationships get ruined, a lot of it to my doing, because I avoided having the uncomfortable conversation that was necessary and uh, it's that whole quote again, right? A life spent seeking comfort results in entirely uncomfortable existence. And so I would definitely be further along in life in my business if I would have had the more uncomfortable conversation and sit down with people and just, you know, have a relaxed, calm expectations talk and close the gap. So massively important. So if you're listening to this, is there anyone that comes to mind? No, you need to do that with. Mm-hmm. When when you're done with this call or when you're done with the show, like text them, hey, let's visit and take that little action that moves it forward. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right and completely brilliant advice. It's it's part of getting in alignment with the people that are most important in your life. If you're not walking side by side, if you're not locking arms, if you're not in alignment, then uh, just like a car you, that's not aligned, you're going to find that ride very uncomfortable and eventually you just end up in a ditch. Right. Um, and our last minute here, Chris, uh, and this particular topic, boy, we, we can talk hours because we live in a time right now where people are focused on uh, they they're, they're motivated by the approval of others. And you talk about approval addiction. Give me the, the, the takeaway about that, why that's a horrible trait to, to continue to foster. And let, let's wrap up your segment with letting people know where they can buy your book. Yeah, I, I mean, approval addiction is um, it, it's as addictive as any drug that exists. And, um, and uh, you know, the quote I use in the book is, your need for approval is the biggest check you'll ever write. Mm-hmm. For, for me, it was, you know, just all the things that I wasn't doing and doing because I wanted the approval of other people. The problem with that is that's a bottomless pit, often fed, never satisfied. So make sure you read that chapter and go through the exercises on that for sure. Yeah, uh, people can find my book at chrisfelton.me. That's where the book is. And right now we have a lot of pre, uh, uh, pre-sale bonuses and a lot of really cool things for people that uh, order today. But, yeah, excited about it. So thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, Chris, it's my pleasure. And by the way, folks, the the foreword was written by Steve Seabold, who is a a best-selling author himself, uh, a a renowned global coach and speaker. Uh, Steve himself has been on this program a couple of times. So that shares that. That's an indication, guys, of the quality of the writing. Think and Grow You by Chris Felton. Uh, It's available now for pre-sale, but it'll be available for those of you who catch this broadcast a few weeks down the road. Chris, thanks for being on this program, brother. Thanks for having me, Jay. Folks, hey, my pleasure. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Hi, I'm Jolene Rich, CEO and founder of Rich Results, a women-owned business. Why choose us for your recruiting? We have a 100% fill rate. We use a research-based process to target mostly passive candidates. We have an average fill time of 55 days, and you have consistent and transparent communication with our recruiters. Jolene Rich with Rich Results. Make sure to visit us at www.richresults.com, R-I-S-C-H, results.com. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Following up a fantastic conversation with Chris Felton comes the two of the one-two punch. (laughs) Ben Spangle, as I mentioned earlier in the program, in the intro, is not only a high-performance and mindset coach, but he focuses on leadership. He's a speaker. He's the host of one of the hottest podcasts uh, out there today called The Pursuit Podcast. Fantastic message. A guy who not only talks to talk, 
but he walks the walk, and we've got him on the program today to finish up our show. Ben Spangle, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. So glad to be with you and your audience. Ben, before we dive into the goodness of what you do and your message, I'd like for you to get our listeners up to speed with a little bit of your story, if you could do that for us. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, growing up in northern Canada, I uh, grew up in a, a good household with mom and dad. However, it was like a lot of families with challenge, and one of them was, was that money was always a struggle. So early in my life, I figured I didn't want that to be me. Things were going to be different. And I made these decisions. So I got my first job at a young age, mid-teens, started working hard, started saving all my money. And then things happened that I had spent it all. And then I got my next big job when I was 19. I was, would have been making about 100000 a year uh, if I would have stayed with that job. But I couldn't keep any of it. And so I was perplexed by how on earth is it that, you know, I'm making more money than my parents ever did, and I didn't have it. To fast forward the story, got an opportunity to get started in financial services at 21, got started and started learning, got into personal growth, and that journey led me into really understanding our mind. And it fascinated me. I became obsessed with it. I read every book I could, went to courses, watched YouTube, everything I could for the better part of the last 15 years. And during that, you know, solved a lot of that, built a pretty successful business, and along the way realized I wanted to teach people how to understand their mind to use it as a tool that it is to get the life that they want. So that's my quick version of my story. Well, that's a great story. And I know you've devoted your your life now to changing the lives of others, uh, inspiring, impacting, influencing, instructing, and improving the lives of those who are serious about doing that. That's why you're on the program. Uh, your podcast, yeah. uh, you know, it has a underlying theme that is very similar to our theme, which is, hey, let's get some thoughts going. Let's get some people moving. Let's get some people's lives changed. And, and let's bring some voices that can do that. Uh, and again, that's why you're here. Now, Chris Felton, who you know, mm-hmm. we talked about his book and how it affects folks on an individual level. But you're a leader of leaders, and you've developed your own company, and you've developed leaders, and you have been in in that uh, real premier position for quite a while in your own company. How do you, from a leadership standpoint, um, Ben, begin to extract the best from your team, your organization, uh, considering that you're dealing with individuals that could be experiencing the challenges that Chris Felton writes about in his book. How do you do that from a leadership standpoint? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing when it comes to working with others, leading others and wanting to help them through some of that is I, I was doing an interview myself the other day and, and it, it brought the message all together the way that he said it, you know, before you can lead people, you have to love people. And I thought, man, how, how perfect is that? Mm-hmm. That, you know, so often we want to, you know, we want to change people, right? We want to, if you would just do this, if you would. And the reality is, is that in order to help somebody, they have to really feel that you do have their best interest first. So it's got to start with that. If that's not there, if the personal relationship isn't there, then it's going to be very difficult to help them through, especially the stuff in Chris's book. Um, you know, I said I'm on my show and so I know all about it. People aren't going to want to share those things with you if they don't feel that. So that's the starting point with it. Then as you're really starting to wanting to help people grow, people have to know you care. So it starts with the relationship. I think so much of it is people spend so much of their time focusing on areas in their life that they're not doing well at, you know, where they're not succeeding, where they might be failing at. They're not spending their time focusing on things they want, but rather their insecurities, their fears, their doubts. So I think a lot in leadership is helping people redirect their focus. And, you know, that takes time. I mean, it takes conversations. And as I look at people when I'm starting to maybe work with somebody in the early phases of their business, their career versus even people that are successful entrepreneurs and they're six figure plus earners. I mean, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. And as humans, we have a tendency to drift from what we've known and what Mm -hmm. we've learned that has worked for us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I also think we have a tendency to spend too much time focused on the things that aren't working. So, so that's definitely a big, big part of it is helping them with that. And then lastly, you know, and really helping this is building a, a growth culture where it's okay for people to make mistakes, where mm. they feel comfortable about willing to share some of these things. Obviously, people can share successes, yes, but if it's too competitive of an environment and they don't want to do that, 
on a fear of judgment, whatever. So creating a culture for growth, I think, is a huge part in leadership is that people want to be around people that, you know, they love coming to your business, your, your company, whatever it may be. They actually like being around that environment. You know, Ben, that's, there's brilliant insight into what you just shared. It really is. And we could carve that up and go 30 minutes and, and each of those points you've made and be here, you know, for a few hours. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, and that really is an indication that you know, your, your, you know your stuff. You know your experiences is authentic. You can always tell a person authenticity and genuineness because they open their mouth and they speak things that are obviously true because they've lived it. They've not read it. They've not uh, watched it on the video. They've experienced it, and I could tell that about you. But one area that I think would be fantastic for you to share some of your your experience in is where mm-hmm. leaders oftentimes fail in the area of patience. Because not every person runs at the same pace, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so you could easily get frustrated. You can easily lose your patience. From a guy who's done it, how, what advice can you share to another leader who might be in a similar situation about managing expectations and also recognizing the differences in people and their ability uh, to move at their own pace? Yeah, it's, it's really great. I only ask great questions, bro. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell, man. I love them. Um, you know, the, the thing with it is, is, is this idea is that almost invariably, if if you're, it, it's the same between ground because you want to have expectations. People expect the best from them. The challenge is when you're attached to that expectation that you know they must live up to this, and then you become frustrated because they're not, or they're moving too slowly, or whatever it might be. Well, everything in life is energy. So you might even tell them, hey, it's okay, Jay. You know, you'll get it next time. You might even have that conversation. But if your underlying feeling is they're letting me down, they're not loving up to it, people can feel that. People mm-hmm. can sense it. And, uh, you know, I made these mistakes early on my career for sure where, you know, I knew they weren't doing the things that they need to be doing, and they could feel my disapproval. And if people could feel your disapproval, you're going downhill. I mean, mm-hmm. the things are starting to fall apart. For That's you. right. That's right. When they sense it. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to be around you. Going back to what we talked about earlier. So, you know, to answer your question, how do you work with it? Well, in leadership, what's the best thing we can do? Number one, yeah, how, where do you hold the highest expectations with yourself? Right. The, number one is that, you know, for it's, it, it, it's okay to be impatient with yourself, you know, in the sense of, all right, I want to get better. I want to raise my standards. I'm going to level it up. But to have that patience with others, to give them the time that they need to grow and develop into who they need to become. And, and I think as a leader, it's important sometimes to reflect back on who you are today is very different than who you were five years ago, a decade ago. And, you know, there was times back then when you would have been letting yourself down or letting others down in terms of expectations that you may have had, but you allowed yourself to keep moving forward, keep making mistakes, keep learning, keep growing so that you became better. So I think, you know, the idea of patience also comes mm-hmm. back to a little bit of compassion of, you know, everybody's on their journey and everyone's doing it. You know, one challenge with that too is obviously in, in a traditional kind of corporate environment or a company where you're paying these people a salary, if they're consistently not meeting it, I mean, the conversation has to be had. If they're not delivering on what they're supposed to do, then maybe, maybe there's a different role for them in that, or maybe they just may not be the right fit. If that's consistently happening, right? But the flip side of that is if everybody in your organization is a problem, everybody, you know, they're not doing this, you're probably the problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly right. Right. It's, I think the answer lies in looking in the mirror. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent it does. Let me ask you something. So you oftentimes speak with those about performance, right? And, mm-hmm. and reaching this new level of performance, having breakthrough. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's great. But what have you have observed in, in your years of coaching and leadership training? What have you observed is that flaw, is the area where people struggle the most that tends to hold them back from mm-hmm. having breakthrough? Mm-hmm. I think it's actually two. Um, you know, I think that number one is inconsistency is the area. So 
a breakthrough. I mean, breakthroughs can happen. Don't get me wrong. You can have this aha moment that I got it. You know, life changes. Most people, that's not typically what happens. Most of the time, your breakthrough, the truth is, to everybody else, it looks like, wow, we got this massive break. Look at them now. Look at her now. But it was actually the consistency of these little things that you're investing in daily, right? And whether that be in leadership, you're actually reading the books, you're studying it, you're practicing, you're sending notes to your team, you're doing these kind of little things. But the consistency of those things is what ultimately leads to really measurable, stunning results. The challenge for most people is a lot of these things don't produce immediate results. A lot of the stuff that, you know, is required for high performances, you might feel a little bit better that day and maybe get a bit more done. But to really turn it into tangible, big-time measurable results, often that's three months down the road, sometimes six, sometimes a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's the challenge is that, you know, because we people are we very much, a lot of us grew up with a kind of like get-rich-quick type mentality, microwave mentality, I want it now and not the ability to delay gratification. I did it for three weeks. It hasn't worked. And then they go back to doing things the way they were doing them before. So that, I think that's one is, uh, you know, inconsistently with those things. And what's the remedy is the remedy is to understand that, um, Hey, building anything great takes time. And you might not be able to accomplish big things in a day or in a week, but you can accomplish, accomplish incredible things over a year, two years, three years, five years. But you gotta be willing to give it some time. Mm-hmm. Second thing I'd say with this too, when it comes to performance is uh, self-integrity. And, you know, it's one of those things that, again, everybody, everybody's capable of doing big things with their lives. We all have unique gifts. We all have unique strengths. And innate in all of us is the same God-given potential as anybody else. Perhaps not the same strengths and maybe not the same area, but there's, you can become whoever you want to become. The challenge is, is that when that self-integrity is constantly broken by tell myself I'm going to do it and then I don't do it. I'm going to start this and I don't start. And, and we've all done this countless times. Some are stuck in that. But if I'm constantly breaking those little promises to myself, then no matter what the strategy is, no matter how good the advice is or what it is, if I'm constantly, I'm going to do this and then I don't, it ends up in very low self-esteem, very low self-worth. And I don't believe in my ability to follow through on that stuff. So, how do I fix that? Well, if that's you or that's somebody you're coaching, start small. You know, start with some easy wins that you can start building up because if that erodes self-esteem, well, the opposite of that is that the more I can keep those promises, the more I'm going to develop mm-hmm. that self-esteem, that self-confidence. So I think those two things. Brilliant. Ben, in our final minute here, you have an event coming up that I think is worthwhile for people to know more about it. Uh, can you share it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. So I'm hosting April 15th, 2023. I'm doing a live seminar here in Edmonton, Alberta, where I live, which is also going to be live streamed. It's called Vibe Higher, and it's all about understanding a lot to do with personal transformation. We're going to talk about your mind, understanding that, how to change it, how to use tools to really attract and get the life that you want. So for me, if, if you're into performance, if you're into creating a life you want and a life you love, this will be an incredible event and you can find more info. Go to www.benspangle.com and then slash events and it'll be right there for you. Excellent. Well, Ben, we appreciate you being on a program today. We're going to hear from you again in the future. Much success on this event coming up and thanks for being on a program. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you and your time. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic episode. I told you early on this was going to be the epic one-two punch. Chris Felton and Ben Spangle knocked it out of the box on our program today. Until next Sunday, keep thriving.